Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Alright, turn with me to Acts chapter 4 today. We have finally started on Wednesday night. If you're interested in joining us on Wednesday nights, the adults, we are doing a study on the book of Acts. That's kind of what inspired me to just stop and say, you know what, I kind of want to walk through a series and kind of walk through the book of Acts. Um, and we, we, we haven't really started, started, I guess you would say. We kind of went over the history of Acts and, and sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff of the authorship and those kind of things. So you haven't really missed uh, a, the big part. I think the books are in the foyer on the shelf out there. Um, if you're interested in getting one um, and joining us at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Acts chapter 4 is where I'm at this week, starting in verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there's a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Lord, this is your word today, alive and active, and may your spirit use it as he pleases in each of the hearers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Identity theft. Who has had to deal with identity theft? It is such a pain. If you never have so far, count yourself lucky because it can be such a pain when somebody gets a hold of your debit card or your credit card um, because then you have to shut it down, you have to get a new one, and then you have to change if it's connected to a payment and I promise, I think I get everyone, and then there's some payment I wind up messing up because I forgot to switch my card number. It's a pain. Um, but the, how it happens, if you've never happened, had it happen, somebody gets your name, and then they get just enough information, all that they need to make a purchase and do the damage. Because with the right info, they have the authority and the purchase power that goes to your name. There is power in a name. Last week we saw Peter give the first sermon, right? After Pentecost and the Holy Spirit had filled them and uh, all the disciples began to talk in different languages and we see Peter step up. He gave that first sermon where 3,000 plus, I say plus because with their counting system that probably is head of family, not whole family numbers joined the church that day. They believed in Jesus. Now this week, we see a picture of Peter and John at the temple. And what has happened before this, if you back up and read before chapter 4, they had went out on a, a day to the 3 o'clock service. Y'all think it's bad the way we do one time a week? Imagine daily having to go to your services, right? 
So they go out to that three o'clock service and they run into a beggar who's day in and day out. That's what he does. He sits there and asks for money as they come and go. And what does Peter tell him in Acts 3? Silver or gold, I don't have. But the one thing I have, I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. So he healed the man. Forget giving him money. He said, I don't even have money. How many of us have have passed by somebody, I don't have money to give you, and we go on. Have you ever offered them the name of Jesus Christ? Wow. So he heals this beggar, and then Peter does what Peter is good at. He starts preaching another sermon, doesn't he? (laughs) My kind of guy. So what happens, though, he heals this beggar. Well, that kind of gets people's attention then, and they begin to gather And so Peter does what he knows to do. He begins to tell them who this Jesus the Nazarene is. He begins to tell them that he is the Messiah, that he died on the cross, that he was raised to life again. And because of that, we can be raised to life again. And it's sad that these leaders were very disturbed at Peter and John that day. And it's really because they were teaching the people that through Jesus... There was a resurrection. You've got to understand, Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. In fact, they didn't believe in angels and demons. They didn't even believe in the end time judgment. There were certain things they didn't believe that the scriptures had pointed out. And so they really were mad because they're teaching this name of Jesus and that he could allow us to be resurrected again. And so that's where we left them in verse 7. By what power... Or, in other words, whose name have you done this? See, they understood there's power in a name. There's authority in a name. Remember, in that day and age, they could send you and tell you by the name of whoever is in charge, go do this. And they did it not because of who I was then, but because who sent me, right? So by whose power, whose name have you done this? And let's look at how Peter answers verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So they were not disputing the miracle, by the way. They wasn't upset. You know, that's what Peter, are we, are we being questioned because we did a good deed? They wasn't questioning this miracle. What they were concerned was how it was stirring the people up. That's when people get nervous, right? And you have to understand that the religious leaders Eh, unfortunately, we're in a little bit of cahooty hoots with the Romans. It was their job to keep the people in order and under control. 
You know, I just now have this memory of when I taught, um, I was coaching Brittany's basketball team in like sixth grade or something. And I'll never forget that we were in a very, very tight, heated game with our biggest rival of the league that year. And I remember that fans were getting pretty riled up and not talking nicely to the coaches and the refs. And I'll never forget the person in charge of all this stopped in the middle of the game and came to me and said, I need you to go tell your fans to calm down or we may have to ask them to leave. Because I had a few parents not being the nicest. Now, if any of you have ever coached, that's the worst thing that you have to deal with is angry parents. And it didn't play out real pretty for me, by the way, after that game was over when I had to go call this person out and ask them politely, bring it down a notch. It's just a game. Let our kids enjoy it, you know, kind of deal. And then I got an earful afterwards. Well, that's how the Sadducees are in the position of, by the way. Like they're in charge of keeping peace so that the Romans are not on to them. And so that's, that's the problem. They're seeing people get stirred up by Peter's preaching. And they, they want to put a stop to this. And I love what Peter says. He said, by the way, let me be just absolutely clear. He said, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. It's not me and John doing this. He said, it's because of Jesus, the Nazarene. This man was healed. And because of him that will be resurrected from the dead. Jesus. Now the council was pretty amazed. In fact, it said, verse 13, members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could not see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. So they knew, like, you're not trained like we are. And they also recognized them as the men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. So the the council, they're just overwhelmed with amazement on how boldly Peter speaks. Why? Because they knew who Peter was. They knew Peter and John. And they knew that these are just some working class guys. Like three years ago, they were just fishermen like the rest of us, right? They knew that they're just blue collar worker people. They knew that these guys ran around with Jesus. We remember that. Oh, remember the days before we killed that Jesus? Yeah, they ran around with him. So we know who they are. But then I love that it said, but they could not dispute this miracle because the guy stood right there among them. So they couldn't even dispute that. And I love that because you know what? When God moves, people can't dispute what God does. They may not can explain it, but they can't dispute it. I love stories when I hear people say, oh, the doctor told me, I have no other explanation except it's a miracle. In other words, I can't dispute that the person I thought was sick is now not sick anymore. They may not be ready to say why, but they know they can't dispute what happened. But they were most amazed because Peter was so bold. He wasn't cowering before them. 
Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember back at the beginning, that's what it said. Then Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit. Church family, that's what happens when the Spirit fills you. And if you are a believer this morning already, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you are just as capable. Because that's what happens. Now, now hear me out. When you watch my TikTok videos, that's all me. We're not going to blame that one on Jesus. <laughs> that's BJ, right? That's just, that's just me being goofy. But when I stand up here, that's the Holy Spirit. Because I never believed I would be a speaker of any sort. I can look back and see where God was training me for it. I remember in junior high taking a speaking course that we all had to do in pre-AP, but I thought, this is ridiculous because I'll never be a public speaker. I hated it. It made me so nervous. I still get nervous. I've been nervous all morning because doing a baby dedication, we're going to do a baptism at the end of service. That's a lot of stuff to have to do, and I want to get it right. Why? Because I want it to glorify God. And my own sermon reminded me yesterday, and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it'll all be okay. And I've always believed, because one of the very first mentors I had had told me, when you step up on that stage, if you will pray, you will be under an umbrella of the Holy Spirit. And it's always been true. No matter how nervous I am out there, no matter how nervous I get in, in other public speaking places, when I step up here, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And the Holy Spirit, I hope, is flowing through. And God can do that through any of us. It's not just the pastor. So what then happens? So the council gets so disturbed because they're, they're not really sure what to do. Like the guy that got healed, he's here. We know who he is. We've seen him every day coming and going to the temple, right? We know who Peter and John are, and, and I don't know why they know the things they know, and I don't know why they're so confident. So the, the council discusses it, and, and they knew we've got to handle this the right way. Like they really wanted to punish them, but they couldn't because it'll stir up a riot. And if we cause a riot, the Romans will not be happy with us. So what do we do? Well, they brought Peter and John back in, and they simply said, all right, can't dispute what's happened, but here's what's going to happen. When you leave this place, stop using the name of Jesus. You've got to stop telling people that there's a resurrection in his name. You've got to stop telling people that there's healing power in his name. Don't use the name of Jesus. You know how Peter, John, and the other believers answered? Bet. In other words, watch us. You just watch us. Because they go back and they tell the believers, okay, we, we got off with a warning, but they're telling us not to preach in Jesus' name. So what do the believers do? They do what they do best. They begin to pray. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. So they knew they're being threatened. They knew if we go against their word, 
We're not sure what it's going to mean for us. Hear their threats and give us a way out, a place to hide, some cover, some protection. Uh Uh-uh. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. How did they answer that call? Bet. You just watch us. You just watch what we're going to do. We've heard that saying before that is supposed to be by Francis of Assisi of preach the gospel at all times, use words as necessary. Anybody heard, seen that meme before? And I get what it means. It means our actions matter. Like you have to love people. Isn't that our saying? Love God, love people. They have to know we love them or they won't hear us when we preach Jesus. But I've never totally liked that saying just because I feel like too many people use it as a cop-out. As long as I love people and I do good, right? And then I began to dive deeper into it this week. And and here's the funny thing. Now articles are coming out and they're saying, by the way, we can't find where Francis said this. Like somebody just kind of took... And twist it. It, it. It's like you guys taking something I say out of my sermon, and and you know, you know, remember that game we used to play in youth group where somebody said something in your ear, and we pass it around the room, and by the end of the circle, like it had nothing to do with what it started as, right? Because the closest thing that they could find in his writings, in his works, he was telling his priest. He said, "Listen, you need to preach by your work." In other words, practice what you preach. But the point being, you got to preach the name of Jesus. Oh, I want you, church, out there doing good things. But what good is it if they don't know it's in the name of Jesus? How does it change their life? I've had people in my life that did some really good things for me, Um, when I was younger. And I know now that it was because they're Christians and and they were trying to do a good thing. But they never even used the name of Jesus attached to that. The Bible is so clear that we are called to preach the word of God in the name of Jesus. That is the gospel. Jesus Christ. Christ. And it's because of that gospel we love people and we do things that are good things, right? And it wasn't just Peter and John, by the way, that left that prayer meeting bold. It said, all. It said, all the believers left and preached the word with boldness telling people the name of Jesus. Church, what are you doing? What are you individually doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you telling people who he is? 
Are you finding opportunity to have those conversations? Are you telling people if, if they notice there's been a change in your life? Why? Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done for me. This is my story. But he wants to work in your life too. Even when you're helping people by just taking them a, a bag of groceries to their house. Can you, can you at least tell them, I just want to bless you in Jesus' name today. So that they understand, because you know what? There's a lot of religions in this world. They do a lot of good things. There's people who claim no religion. They do a lot of good things. What makes us different? The name of Jesus Christ. He makes all the difference. You know, John chapter 3, there's a discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus. And the chosen people, we, we, we got a visual of Nicodemus. Okay, by the way, chosen people, maybe tonight. Is it in the live stream they're going to give us a episode, maybe tonight? It's always a maybe. So on Facebook, if you follow the chosen, maybe we'll get a season three episode tonight. But Cody says maybe this week, though, they're releasing one on the app. Is that what you told me yesterday? Is that a maybe too? I don't know. We're just so anxious for this season three to happen, right? I had to calm Shelly down. Yet, No, it's not all coming out yet. Not yet. They just like to tease us a little bit. So we know we have a visual of Nicodemus. Well, there's this conversation, remember, where Jesus says you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, eh, how does that work? Like, I, I, can't, I can't go back and do it again. So how does that work? And he said, you have to be born of the water and born of the Spirit. You know, I absolutely love today that we are actually celebrating both of those things. We just got through celebrating being born of the water, right? And after service, we're going to do a baptism with Sharon, being born of the Spirit. You're getting to see the full scope of the miraculous work of God. Because I believe every baby is a miracle. Every baby we have is a miracle. And it's all because of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, that we celebrate these things. Today, uh, Emily's going to come. Where's she at? Emily, come on up. And Thomas, go ahead and, and give a ring to our kiddos. But I want to close, before we move into the baptism part of our service, I want to give opportunity for you to pray this morning. Um, for anyone new, and, and maybe you saw uh, me and Perry come up, what this is, we call this our Ebenezer jar. You, you pick up a rock, you write your initials on it, and that is a remembrance of a moment that you know God already showed up in your life. As you're praying over something, you need God to move in now. But I want us, as Emily sings this song, I want us to be very specific in whose name you're praying this morning. So whatever the circumstance is, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you calling on the name of Jesus this morning as Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that every knee will bow. Over what name? The name of Jesus. 
That is the most powerful name. He's been given all authority. Remember, I started this message with talking about our authority and the name matters. There's power in the name. I don't want generic prayers. I want you praying in the name of Jesus. Are you praying for salvation for somebody? In the name of Jesus. Call on him to move in that person's life. Emily, bring this song. You may recognize this song. I love, love this song.
Jesus this morning. And Father, I know that you've heard every prayer in this room. And I know, Father, there is healing and there is power and there is salvation in this room today. And Father, we give you praise. Before we see any, any response from you, we give you praise. Because we do know that you're the God who hears and will answer. Father, I just pray over this congregation this morning. I pray the name of Jesus. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill every person to the top of their head so that they leave here with a boldness. This truth, this hope, this love that we have in Jesus. May we leave here with a boldness to share it with others. The people that we see so broken, and we have the answer. We have the answer. So Lord, I pray that we'll leave here intent on sharing that with whoever you put in our path. God, open our eyes to see them. Open our ears to hear those conversations. And then may your Holy Spirit work through us. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.